Hi, welcome to the Potter's Roundtable. This is Pottery Shorts, a series of short pottery topics done on the fly. Welcome to the Potter's Roundtable, a monthly podcast where we share our passion for the ceramic arts and a collection of topics specific to potters. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Pottery Shorts. I'm Phil Bernberg, and today's topic is making cone packs. Cones can be used uh, two ways, really, in a kiln. They can be used to monitor the actual progress of a firing a kiln, or they can be used to map a kiln, and they just, where they're placed just all in various parts of the kiln to check the temperature. Cones typically come in two sizes, a large cone, what are called large cones, and small cones, and the small cones were developed specifically for use in the electric kiln. Um, and typically, cones are used, um, to, when they're used in groups, what we're calling a cone pack, they're used in groups of three. And the, cones, and the, re, the, the three cones are, are labeled the guide, the witness, and the guard cone. The guide cone is one cone lower than your target for the firing. The witness cone is the temperature that you're actually, or the, the cone that you're actually hoping to fire to. And the guard cone is one cone higher temperature then your witness cone. So this basically, if the guard cone goes, goes down, it means, whoops, I overshot and my, my kiln was too hot. So this is a good system. They don't have to necessarily, as you'll see when we make up the cones here, they don't necessarily have to be adjacent numbers. It doesn't have to be, for instance, uh, five, six, seven, if you're firing to cone six. It could be, you might want the guard cone to be a little earlier. The guard cone, could, for instance, could be four, and then six, and then seven, or something like that, as long as they're in order. And of course, you want to make sure that you, if, when they're leaning and they fall, you want to make sure that you, make, that you always put the lowest cone first in, in terms of leaning, so they're not piling up the other way, okay? So, um, the cones can be, when, you, when you're making up your own cone packs, cones can either be set into rolls of clay, a clay base, which is what we'll do here. They also sell, they, they, never, they never passed up an opportunity to sell you some pottery accessory. So you can also buy what are called uh, cone plaques, which are cone plaques, which are bases to, that you can set the cone in. These are commercially made. So this, you can either set a cone in like that, or in this case, for this particular type, you push the cones up through the bottom. And these are ceramic, and this particular type has notches in it so that it can be broken into individual segments, and you can, if you wanted to, just use it for one cone alone, like that. But we're gonna, it's, I find that those really aren't necessary, and you can easily make your own bases just by rolling out a coil of clay, which is what we're gonna do. So I'm gonna roll out a, I'm gonna roll out a coil of clay and I recommend, for making cones, cone, cone packs, I recommend, if possible, use a groggy clay because very often you're not going to bisque fire the clay that's used to support the cones. So it's basically going to be green or single fired and you don't want them to blow up. So I found that even if they're completely dry, it works better if you can use a groggy stoneware. And I'll also show you later on, if you have to use the cone packs right away, like immediately in a firing, um, what you can do is punch pinholes in them and so that the, the water can escape. And then you don't have to worry about the cones blowing up. So I'm going to roll, I roll out a little short cone. And I'm going to, in this case, I'm going to make up a cone pack for using large cones only because it's, they'll be a little easier to see than small cones. So I'm going to make up something that's going to look sort of like this, a, a cone, using, cone pack using large cones. But you can do the exact same thing and make cone packs using the small cones. These are the type of cone packs that I would use when I'm using, making up for use in an electric kiln 
because they can be, they're small, they can be placed close to the, the peephole, and I can see the entire group of three cones through the peephole. Whereas the large cones like this, the problem is, in order to see them, I'd have to place them so far back in the kiln that because of the, 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 uh, the, 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 brightness, the brightness of the color during the firing, I probably wouldn't be able to see them. But just for demonstration purposes, I'm going to make up a, a, a cone pack using large cones. What I recommend is, when you're making up the cone packs, set your boxes out in a row in front of you. Assuming you're going to be making up a series of cone packs, not just one, set them out so that you can take the cones systematically out of the boxes, and, and that's where you make sure to get them in the correct order. I'm going to move them out of the way here for the time being, just so we don't block the camera. So I'm going to, I'm going to get a cone, this is a cone seven, as you may notice if you bought cones recently now, they also come, they're pressed, they're, they're die pressed, and they're pressed in pairs because it's cheaper for them to make them this way, so they have to be snapped apart. So the easiest way to do that is to hold, grab the base of one cone with one hand and the base with the other and snap them apart like that. And this is really just for the convenience of the manufacturer. It's cheaper and easier to, when they're pressed in a mold to press them out in pairs than to press them out individually. So that's my cone seven, and then I'm gonna get a nine, and I'm gonna to have to do the same thing with the nines. And in this case, as I mentioned, I'm using cone packs for use in our gas kiln here, and I like to use a group of, of number seven and nine and 10. So seven is giving me a little more of a warning that, um, that the temperature is getting close to the, the final temperature, and then, and then I do a nine and a 10. And I'm not worried so much about, over, about looking at cones. In this case, I don't really include a true guard cone because I can tell from the, the way that the, the cone has melted how much past 10 I've gone if I've exceeded 10. Thanks for watching this video. Please like, subscribe, and share it with your friends. And consider becoming a patron of our channel. Visit www.patreon.com and search for the Potter's Roundtable. Any amount you give will support the creation of a digital library of educational videos and podcasts to support artists, potters, and educators now and into the future. If you would like more information about our membership studio, classes, events, and multimedia productions at Washington Street Studios, visit our website at www.hfclay.com. So, one of the important features about when you're putting cones into a cone pack, making a cone pack is, you don't want them to fall in a straight line, and this is the reason. Because when they fall in a straight line, this is from a firing where the first cone hit against a pot, actually, it was placed too close to a pot, and then the second cone piled up on top of it. So you don't want the cones to fall in a line, you want them to fall off at an angle, like this. This is the way you'd like the cones to be, to be set up. So, that they, so one cone doesn't block another cone. And the way to do that is, when you press them into the clay, you line up the, the bases, the triangular bases, so they're basically in a row. So you line them up so that the cones look like that, and then they fall like that. You don't want to set them in the base like that because then they're all going to fall in a row, okay? So the other, the other feature to keep in mind, so these are the two important points when you're making cone packs is, align them so that they, they fall at an angle, but also 
you want them to lean at the, at the proper angle. Cones are designed and they're sort of calibrated so that when they're leaning at an eight degree angle, that's when they give you the proper reading of the temperature. So in order to accomplish that, I don't know whether you can see this in the video, but the bottom of each cone is cut or pressed at a slight angle and it's pressed at an eight degree angle. So if I set the cone flat on its base, I have to hold it up, it's actually leaning at the proper angle. So that when I insert them into the clay, I push them all the way down into the clay to take advantage of that, the fact that I've got that bottom as, as sort of as, you know, to use as sort of a guide. So I'll line them up, I'll line up the, the sides so that they fall at an angle, and I'll press them all the way down so that, I, so that I get them leaning at the proper angle. So I'm going to take the seven, so I just take my little coil of clay and I start from one end, and I press the cone in, and I'm, line, I'm going to line them up like this. And then I take the, this is my nine, and I'm fine, I have to look at the cone to see which way the base is slanted so I know which way to press it in. And I'll press this one in, that's my nine. And then this is my 10, and again, I find the, I find the proper end and push it into the clay, like that. And so there, and if I push them all the way down, you notice without a whole lot of effort, they all end up more or less parallel and leaning at the proper angle. And then I just, I take my fingers and I just push in between them. Now I can cut off the extra clay. So if I was making a whole series of these, I'd have a long coil of clay here, and I just, I'd use the end and then use the next end and just keep cutting it off the coil. And I'm just going to trim off a little extra clay here just so that I don't, they don't take up a whole lot of room actually in the, in the So now, now what I'm going to do, now that they're pressed in, I'm going to look down and check the alignment. I'm going to make sure that these sides are all lined up flat. And I'm going to look at them and make sure that the angle looks pretty good. And now this is, a, this, so this basic, this is done. Now if I was going to use, and I would just normally put this aside to dry. If I was, if I was worried, if I was worried about now they're leaning toward you. So this is the seven and the nine and the 10. If, they were, if, I was gonna, if I had to put these in a firing right away, what I could do is take a pen tool and so that the, the clay, this clay that's still wet doesn't blow up, I just punch a bunch of holes into the clay around the cones to let any moisture out. And that usually solves the problem. Some people will talk about mixing vermiculite or something else in with the clay to help it dry. I found basically that's not necessary. If you just, I've never had cone packs blow up when they're completely dry. And even if they're fresh, freshly made like this, as long as I punch enough holes in them, um, that, that, I've never had a problem with the cone packs blowing up. Okay? Now, as far as using the cone packs, and then, so if I'm making a series of them, the other thing what I'll do is I'll line them up in a row and I can, I can see how uniformly I've made my cone packs. If, if I line them up and they, all the cone packs are more or less parallel, then I've also, that's another check on the fact that I haven't sort of varied when I've made them up. So this is, a, this is a group of cones that I made up a while back, more of these seven, nine, 10 cones, where you can see that they all line up pretty well. And the, the point of that angle is to, is to make sure that they bend at the proper temperature. If they were standing straight up, they wouldn't fall over at all. At some point, they'd probably just collapse into a melted pile. And if they, were, if they were leaning at too much of an angle, they'd start to fall over too soon. So the angle is important, okay? Now, when you're placing these in a, as I mentioned, like for an electric kiln, these little cone packs are great because you can see them through the peepholes. If you're doing a firing, let's say like a cone 10 firing, and you're firing in, in gas or wood or some kind of reduction firing, where normally you'd have a group of cones for the higher temperature part to, to tell you when the firing ended, 
but you also would typically have a set of smaller, lower temperature cones to tell you when, for instance, to start reduction. The problem is, with that kind of a setup, with two, so in that case, what I would do is I would set up two sets of cones. I'd have a set of cones for the, the high temperature part, and I'd have a set of low temperature cones for the, front, for, the, for the lower temperature part. It's good practice to have them slanted in the opposite direction when you're, when you're putting them into the kiln, because it's easier to see ones that are crossing the other, rather than if they're parallel. But also now, if I'm going to reach cone 10, by the time I get to cone 10, all these lower cones, for instance, they might be like O12 or O10 or O9, are going to completely melt. So I really suggest putting the, the, all of the cones on some kind of a base or a tray to catch it. And this is a good example. This is, I've made little simple trays out of, out of scrap clay. When I'm doing slab work, I'll make, a little, I'll make a little tray like this. So this is from a recent firing in our gas kiln where you can see these are the small cones right here, and they've completely melted. And it just saves having to clean that. It basically, it's formed a glaze almost. It saves the trouble of having to clean that off a, off a shelf. And this is the kind of, I used larger ones when I was firing in a wood kiln because the, I was going to even higher temperatures. So these, these are the large cones, and you can see where the small cones that I had to indicate when reduction completely melted and formed quite a puddle. puddle. So it's nice just to have, it just saves some work later on. And one, one caution also is when you're making that, make sure that the cones are pointing the right way. This is a really nice example of part of a cone pack that built a little trough here to catch the, the, the melted cones, only they leaned the cones the wrong way so that they completely missed the trough. So make sure they're leaning the right way. Okay, um, I think that's all we had for this subject today. I hope this was useful for you and thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the presentation, please like it and subscribe to our channel and share it with your friends. This way we get more viewers of our, of our videos. Also check out our website, www.hfclay.com. We'd really like to thank our patrons for supporting our educational efforts such as these videos. And if you'd like to consider becoming a patron, go to patreon.com and look for the Potter's Roundtable. The Potter's Roundtable is brought to you by Washington Street Studios and our patrons. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, give us a five-star review, and tell your friends. If you want to learn more about Washington Street Studios and shared studio memberships, please visit our website at www.hfclay.com. Thank you, and we'll see you again next time on the Potter's Roundtable.